Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. Well, all right. Welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining. Glad you are here. Happy you are listening. There's a disturbing trend in America that's been developing now for some time, and we're in the depths of it, I think, and it's getting worse. And I wanted to spend some time talking about it today because I think it's it's central to America and liberty and freedom and all the things that that we cherish here on Who Gets to Decide. And that is this uh, um, abuse of the justice system, this um, intervention into our justice, justice system. Uh, and it seems to be driven uh, by, politically at least, by George Soros. Now, for those of you that don't know George Soros, George Soros um, was, was made famous or made himself famous uh, actually used to work with Jim Rogers and they developed something called the quantum fund and made themselves millions and millions and millions of dollars. Today, George Soros is worth billions of dollars and he's, he's very active, uh, in the currency markets and in financial markets in general. In fact, he's one of the most th- famous things he's known for is shorting the British pound, uh, back in, I think, the 70s or something. But uh, anyway, George Soros, has, he's behind things like Media Matters, and uh, there's a number of, of politically active organizations that he's behind that, uh, you know, are, are used, his money is used at least, to manipulate uh, various things that are going on in our political realm in America. And his latest uh, venture seems to be in, in messing with our justice system by way of uh, helping radical uh, assistant district attorneys become district attorneys, uh, which, as you know, are politically elected in our country in uh, various cities, various counties. And this is having a very uh, dangerous effect on our, uh, well, just our, our system in general, but um, it just hard, you know, the average person out there is just flabbergasted, I think, with, uh, with where the, the, the kind of the shared idea of right and wrong has just gone. I mean, it's, 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 uh, I think it's still, I think if you get tried by a jury, it's still there. The jury, uh, still has a sense of right and wrong, but politically our leaders, really have have gone off the rails, you know, in terms of what they think is, um, you know, traditional or uh, what they think is good for civil society and and their idea of justice. Uh, You know, Biden has famously been pushing this, what he calls equity agenda. Um, And it's, you know, I, I still don't really know what it is, but I have a sense that it is related to what's going on with our our um, attorneys general around the country, and and we're seeing now pretty regularly these these injustices that are happening 
in our court system, in our uh, justice system. Now, the justice system for the longest time has been screwed up. I mean, we've got we incarcerate just tons of people for a bunch of minor offenses, but assault or attempted murder uh, these these are not minor offenses. These are these are violent crimes. Okay, violent crimes. That's a whole other category. And I think somehow violent crimes and, and crimes like this have been conflated with these, you know, nonviolent drug offender violations that, uh, you know, the equity and justice uh, agenda is, is trying to deal with. But it's starting to spill over into some of these, these violent crimes. And so I want to use this Tucker Carlson story today to investigate and to um, peer into what's happening in America. And of course, Tucker Carlson is outraged on this, outraged about this. Not, not many other outlets are, are talking about this. So I thought, I thought we'd use Tucker Carlson's uh, episode to uh, investigate it somewhat. Last Friday, a 35-year-old convicted felon called Austin Simon walked into a neighborhood convenience store in Harlem in New York City and pushed his way behind the counter. Austin's girlfriend had just had a dispute with the clerk in the store. The clerk was a 61-year-old Dominican immigrant called Jose Alba. The woman wanted a bag of potato chips, but there was no money left on her government-issued food stamp card. So the clerk tried to take back the chips. The woman became enraged and went and got her boyfriend. Now, the boyfriend, Austin Simon, had a long history of violent crime. Simon had spent at least three years in prison for assault. His most recent parole expired last May. Though Simon had no apparent job, he was wearing a $300 designer t-shirt and a gold earring. And he was extremely angry, he was furious. Austin Simon threw Alba into a wall, then leaned down and screamed in his face. When the older man stood up, Simon grabbed him by the neck. Here's a local news account describing what happened next. Surveillance video shows 37-year-old Austin Simon push the clerk behind the bodega counter and then stand over him. Moments later, a struggle ensues. The two wrestle and the clerk stabs Simon multiple times. This happened late Friday night in the Blue Moon convenience store off West 140th Street. Police were called for an assault in progress and found Simon bleeding from two stab wounds in his chest and one in his neck. He later died at the hospital and police arrested the deli clerk, 51-year-old Jose Alba, for second-degree murder. So what has always been a feature of crime in America and quite frankly around the world is that if you're going to commit crime, um, you might die in the process of commissioning that crime. And the reason you might die is because uh, people defend themselves and in some cases are armed or have some sort of defensive weapon uh, with which to defend themselves. And that's exactly what happened to this guy. Now, he... He, uh, you know, I've, I've gone into hundreds of convenience stores. I've never gotten behind the counter of a convenience store. So uh, this is all on video, by the way. The guy is behind the counter pushing this old man around. The guy, Austin Simons, 37 years old. The old man is 61 years old. He's pushing this guy around, grabbing him by the neck, you know, basically using a, a lot of force against this guy. Because the guy, what, took the chips away from his girlfriend because the girlfriend couldn't pay for him? I mean, come on. I, I don't know what's going on in this society, but, you know, people have gotten to be where they're really entitled to other people's stuff. 
and it's it's obscene. Now the 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 worst part yet is this guy Alba, uh, the the guy that was the victim in this case, not the he not the guy that died, but the victim in the initial crime, um, is is being charged with second degree murder in in uh, New York City. Now that is obscene and ridiculous, and there's got to be just, I mean, let's look in the coming days for just nonstop outrage about this, this situation going on in New York. Functional societies have zero tolerance for people like Austin Simon because people like Austin Simon hurt the weak and prevent the productive from producing. They themselves contribute nothing. They are, in fact, the mirror image of men like Jose Alba. Jose Alba came to the United States 30 years ago to work, and working is exactly what he was doing at the bodega in Harlem at almost midnight on Friday, selling chips to people who don't bother to work, holding up the retail economy for minimum wage. You can kind of get a sense of Tucker's disgust about this situation, and I'm equally disgusted uh, by it. Uh, these people that have, in Texas, they call them Lone Star cards, but you know, cards where that entitles them to certain food and goods and services uh, in the economy at our expense. I mean, this is getting out of hand, Uh, especially, I mean, they're like a, you know, like a little petulant child that you tell no to in the checkout counter that you, you say, hey, you can't have any gum. And then they pitch a fit and make everybody miserable around them, except this guy pitched a fit and attacked this guy at the bodega. Now, the guy at the bodega, the guy, you know, uh, monitoring the counter there at the bodega, he basically took a knife and stabbed this dude, stabbed him in the neck, stabbed him in the chest a couple times, and he later died of his wounds. But again, that's what happens if you, if you aggress against somebody in a free society. Uh, the way a civil society works is we work with each other voluntarily. We... we um, we, we deal with one another in a voluntary basis. We don't use force against one another to get what we want. That's what you do in a barbaric or uncivilized society, which those days are in the past. But you've got guys like George Soros that's trying to bring that back to our you know, modern economy and civilized society today. A healthy society celebrates, venerates men like Jose Alba, men with jobs and families, men with independence and dignity. Yeah, you know, I think uh, Tucker's hit on something here. I think one of the reasons we kind of tolerate all this illegal immigration and there's not more outrage about it is because these people are generally speaking here to to work hard and uh, work for their families and earn a living because where they currently are, there's too much violence or there's um, the the economy's not such that they can make a living. But but we got our own citizens you know, attacking these people and and um, and stealing their property and and threatening their lives while they're on the job working, you know, serving us. And above all, a healthy society affirms the right of men like this to self-defense. Self-defense is the cornerstone of all liberty. If you can't defend your own life and property, you have no rights at all. And that was obvious in America for centuries. This was a country whose leaders encouraged decent behavior who held up the common man as a hero. Tucker's right. You know, this is a cornerstone of uh, civil society. I mean, there is no civil society without cooperation. Um, I mean, I'm sure you could have some sort of economy, but 
the 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 way you maximize an economy is through transactions that are that are handled uh, voluntarily. And if you allow this kind of behavior to persist, uh, you'll start to see businesses close. You'll start to see uh, commerce fall uh, without contracts and without voluntary uh, transactional cooperation. You don't have a civil society. So this is a very dangerous uh, trend that 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 is happening in America, and. Uh, we, we've got an election coming in November, and I'm not a big fan of elections. You know, I think democracy's stupid. I think you could just um, basically agree to to uh, voluntarily cooperate with one another, and everything else just about fall into place. Just agree not to initiate violence, and don't take each other's property, and the rest of this stuff will fall into place. But but we do live in a society where you vote, and my recommendation would be to vote these attorney generals out of office. They are, it, it is a cancer on our society. And it's only going to get worse as long as these people are in power. Jose Alba wasn't lauded for his bravery or his resourcefulness. He wasn't congratulated for defending himself in the face of a violent felon much younger than him. Though every single normal person who watched that video on social media applauded, every single one. And yet Alba was arrested at the scene and he was sent to jail. I know a lot of people on the left get outraged about nonviolent drug offenses that happen uh, to a lot of our citizens, a lot of black citizens, actually. And, and that outrage, I think, is, is fair. But man, your outrage over what, what happened with this guy Alba has to be like a hundred times that. I mean, at least you can say that drugs are illegal, and so people aren't being arrested for nothing. But this guy was basically defending himself. This guy, uh, this black guy, uh, Austin, uh, you know, attacked him, and the guy defended himself. I, where's the crime there? I, I, there is no crime. There's no victim there. If you engage in violent uh, behavior with somebody, part of the risk there is that you might be killed. They might pull out a gun and shoot you, or they might stab you. I remember when I was 18, and me and my buddies, we used to get in fights. Sometimes we'd fight each other. Sometimes we'd get in fights with other people. And I remember one time my dad had us there at the house, and, and he said to me, he said, you know, you boys are getting older now, and you should not fight as much as you have been. Because when you get to your age, people don't fight fair. If you pick a fight with somebody, they'll just pull out a gun and shoot you. And you know he's right, and they and they're entitled to do that. Uh, that that's uh, that's part of what self defense is, um, especially if you're, you know, a weaker or older individual like this gentleman was. You're likely to have a weapon pulled on you and used against you if you initiate uh, this type of violence against somebody. So this this needs to be addressed uh, quickly within our society, and hopefully people will stand up and and rebel against this, uh, this, I don't know what you call this, this uh, intervention into our justice system by these, these radical uh, district attorneys. An openly racist, Soros-backed prosecutor called Alvin Bragg then charged Jose Alba with felony murder. He sent him to Rikers Island. I don't know where this guy, Alvin Bragg, went to law school, but... The New York Bar Association should be looking into disbarring this gentleman.
this is a this is a flagrant violation of of I mean this is this is a fundamental misunderstanding of of the the very foundation of law and um, criminal law specifically. And then Bragg set his bail at a quarter of a million dollars, $250,000, in a city that very recently was considering getting rid of all bail. Compare that to the bail of other violent criminals. Now, a judge later lowered that bond to $50,000, but the message that Bragg sent was very clear to everyone watching, and it was this. If the criminal who assaults you is a member of a favored group, you don't have the right to fight back. You may not defend yourself. You must take whatever he gives you because thugs have more rights than you do. You know, I think this is where the equity uh, agenda comes into play. You know, diversity, equity, and inclusion. But there's nothing equitable about, you know, favoring criminals. I don't care what color they are, black, brown, white, yellow. It doesn't matter. The only standard that should be under investigation here is who initiated the violence. And I think that's clear when you look at the video. The video clearly shows that uh, uh, Austin Simon, the, the black man uh, in the $350 t-shirt, you know, came behind the counter, started pushing this old man around, and the old man was like not having it. So he stabbed him. And uh, man, that is a clear initiation of force against this, uh, this uh, man, Alba. So, um, I don't know, it reminds me, I don't know if any of you have seen that movie, Law Abiding Citizen. It's uh, uh, Jamie Foxx is in it, and he plays a district attorney. And he's, you know, he's kind of wheeling and dealing all the time. So he's always cutting deals. Well, this guy's family gets slaughtered, you know, right in front of him. His wife's raped, and the kid's killed right in front of him. And, uh, this guy's like an ex-Special Forces guy or whatever. And basically, even in jail, he just torments this district attorney and basically admits him, makes him admit in the end that he was wrong or he tries to get him to. And he never, you know, pride come before the fall, as they say. He, he never admitted his, his wrongdoing and... Uh, you know, the guy was going to kill him, but uh, the, the district attorney finally found out in the end what the game was and got, got wise to it and beat him to the punch. But that's a great movie. And, and this is kind of what happens, though. You know, when, when people are wronged by the justice system, I mean, clearly wronged, it, they, they, don't, they don't have anything to turn to but violence. That's the, that's the nature of uh, uh, justice or the lack thereof. And it wasn't simply Alvin Bragg who was sending it. The tech companies, as always, joined with government as a unified force to send this message. GoFundMe deleted Jose Alba's fundraising page from the internet. Now, GoFundMe explained, we don't allow fundraising for anyone who's been charged with a violent crime. Really? Well, that's just a lie, and provably so. BLM rioters were encouraged to raise money for bail and their legal defense. They can have lawyers, but not bodega clerks. They are powerless, and they must remain so. We've seen this multiple times now where, where the tech companies kind of join in on the side of government to, you know, interfere with people's rights. And, and this is a very disturbing trend, too. I'm not sure what you do about it uh, other than boycott it, you know, boycott things like GoFundMe. 
Um, I think there's going to be a backlash eventually uh, with these companies, but this is a disturbing part of the trend where you know the companies and the and the government have have combined forces to gang up on people to to take their rights and to um, harm them and and or, or to to deplatform them deplatform them or or do some other kind of harm in the marketplace. So GoFundMe openly encouraged rioting in the name of George Floyd on behalf, in effect, of Joe Biden two years ago. But Jose Alba, they shut his family down in hours. So who made this decision specifically? You should know their names. GoFundMe is a company. Here's who runs it. Tim, Tim Cadigan is the CEO of GoFundMe. Juan Benitez is the president. You're seeing their pictures right there. The chief corporate affairs officer at GoFundMe is called Margaret Richardson. These are the people who made this decision to crush Jose Alba and his family. This whole thing is a real head-scratcher, and I'm not sure where it's going to end. Well, I say I'm not sure. I mean, it, to me, it's kind of like the tax system, right? Uh, everybody knows that if you tax something, you get less of it. And if you don't tax something, you get more of it. Or if you incentivize something, you get more of it. So where, do, where does this fall in this particular analogy, right? I mean... If you think of think of this injustice or this attacking of self defense as as um, incentivizing criminal behavior, well, you're going to get more of it. And if you uh, tax or throw people in jail for uh, providing for their own defense, their self defense, well, then you're going to get less of that. Oh, so what's going to happen? More and more people are going to be victimized. Um, in the name of this equity agenda, it, the whole thing is absurd and ridiculous, and we, you know, we need to, we need to stand up against it. It's it's evil at its core. I mean, anything that incentivizes bad people to be worse and good people to be bad is 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 a bad system. I mean, that's just ridiculous on its face. But they're not the only ones. Virtually every power center in the United States agrees that self-defense is no longer allowed. You could no longer fight back. And if you don't believe it, remember how the media covered the Rittenhouse trial. He carried a gun across state lines. He's a white supremacist. Here was a man exercising his lawful, his fundamental right of self-defense. But he was charged with murder, and corporate media backed the prosecutors. It's interesting he mentions the Rittenhouse case because that was episode one of Who Gets to Decide. So I'll refer you to episode one of Who Gets to Decide if you want to know more about my opinions around the Rittenhouse case. But this guy, one of the guys that got shot in the Rittenhouse case was a guy that tried to take Kyle Rittenhouse's gun. <laughs> well, that that is an act of aggression. That... that um, when you try to take somebody's gun away from them, you grab the barrel and try to pull it away from them, you might get shot, you know. So, yeah, this is um, this has been going on now for a while, and it's, it's very, very problematic for society and uh, likely will um, lead to more violence. Um, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's got to. There's no other – certainly violence cannot be curbed by – you know, promoting violence. They have to convince you that Joseph Rosenbaum was going to take that gun and use it on the defendant because they know you can't claim self-defense against an unarmed man like this. You lose the right 
to self-defense when you're the one who brought the gun. So those are the closing arguments in Wisconsin during the Rittenhouse trial. You lose the right to self-defense when you're the one who brought the gun. Now, legally, that is nonsense. It's insane. There's no reference point whatsoever in American law for that statement. Yeah, I could give you a very simple example of where that is complete. That argument completely falls apart. Say somebody breaks into my house and I confront them in my living room with a gun. So I brought the gun, okay? Let's say they're unarmed, but they're in my house. And I tell them to leave. And instead of turning around and leaving, they try to, they try to grab the gun away from me. In any court in America, you're walking if you shoot and kill that person. They're in your house. They tried to take your gun from you, presumably to shoot you with it. You were justified in shooting that individual. So it's just, it's just not true, just like Tucker said, that if you bring the gun, you, you lose your right to self-defense. I mean, that's, that's just BS. You saw that happen in St. Louis when another Soros-backed DA, this one called Kim Gardner, targeted the McCloskey family. And the McCloskeys were sitting having dinner outside their house, bothering nobody in St. Louis when a mob out of nowhere came through the gate, broke the gate, stormed their property, and threatened them. So they went inside and got their legally retained firearms and displayed them. They didn't shoot anybody. It was their property. They held up their guns and said, get off our land. Stop threatening us. And just to remind you, the McCloskeys were indicted. They were, uh, Kim Gardner indicted them. In fact, we're going to play her statement here in a second. But she was outraged and disturbed by their behavior and all this, uh, you know, the way they confronted the uh, mostly peaceful protesting and so on and so forth. Yeah, they were, they were drugged through the criminal justice system for standing on their front porch, holding a gun and telling people to leave their property. What did the Soros-backed prosecutor do? Charge the McCloskeys with felonies. I am disturbed by the events that occurred over this weekend where there were peaceful protesters who were met with guns and a violent assault. Since learning of these events over this weekend, I've worked with the public and the police to investigate these tragic events. I will use every extent of Missouri law to hold individuals accountable. How did the most unimpressive people rise to these, these very powerful positions? I mean, this woman, I mean, I hate to say this, but she can barely speak English. Now, I don't know what law school she went to, uh, but she either, <laughs> I don't know, man. She, she doesn't seem like uh, she's very knowledgeable about the law. And, but these people are in very powerful positions, and they can make your life hell. If you get charged with a crime and you have to defend yourself in court and you have to get a lawyer, you, you could be spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. It could wipe you out. These, these liberals that get outraged about people that have a health issue and have to file bankruptcy, what a, I mean, at least that's nobody's fault. You know, if you have a criminal issue because of some overly aggressive district attorney and you get wiped out because the, the state bankrupts you because you have to defend yourself, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a real tragedy. I mean, that, that is 10 times worse than a health tragedy that, that causes you to file bankruptcy. Why would a Hungarian currency trader be interested in spending untold millions and millions and millions of dollars to invert our justice system, to put the state on the side of the lawless, to put prosecutors on the side of the criminal against the law-abiding? 
What source is interested in doing that? It's clearly working. And what gives him the right to change our ancient justice system? These are all great questions. And I think the answer to almost all of them is money. I mean, the guy has lots of money. I just did a quick search on the internet for all the different uh, funds that uh, George Soros uh, personally funds. And there was over 200, but I've limited the list to some of the most popular 50 (laughs) that I could narrow it down to. So let me just read through these. Alliance for Justice. These are this is a group that advocates for appointment of federal judges. America Votes, American Civil Liberties Union, American Federation of Teachers, American Immigration Law Foundation, American Institute for Social Justice. So that's where your, all your training for your social justice warriors comes from. Amnesty International. Association of Community Organizers for Reform Now. Some of you may remember the name ACORN. That's what that is. And they were notoriously uh, involved in some stuff that eventually led to the housing crisis. The Brookings Institution. Campus Progress. Center for American Progress. John uh, Podesta and Hillary Clinton are involved in the Center for American Progress. Center for American and Policy Research, Center for Reproductive Rights, there's where all your abortion money comes from, Change America Now, Democracy Alliance, Democracy Now. Uh, Democracy Now is a, you know, Amy Goodman's uh, program I sometimes reference, but maybe I should uh, do less of that. I thought Amy Goodman was uh, not really politically connected to anybody. Earth Justice. Economic Policy Institute, Emily's List. Emily's List is a a group that funds taxpayer-funded abortion. Uh, Energy Action Coalition, Equal Justice USA, Feminist Majority Foundation, Green for All. Green for All's uh, Van Jones is involved in that group. Healthcare for America Now, Human Rights Campaign, Human rights campaign is where all the LBGTQ and all the hate crime legislation and all that stuff comes from. Human Rights Watch, Immigration Policy Center, Institute for New Economic Thinking. Well, there's there's where all your new stupid ideas come from. Institute for Policy Studies, Justice at Stake, League, League of Women Voters, League of Young Voters, Media Matters. Media Matters has been in the news before. Um, they were kind of a watchdog group that really kind of camps out and reports on. Uh, they don't report on anything. What they do is they they find stories that are uh, kind of on the line, and then they go to that news agency's um, donors or um, sponsors, and they tell them about it and create a lot of outrage and, and cause uh, news outlets to lose their sponsorship. MoveOn.org, we've heard of that one. Uh, National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, the NAACP. National Abortion Federation. National Committee for Voting Integrity. Yeah, I'm sure the National Committee for Voting Integrity is all about voting integrity. Probably about the opposite of it. National Council of La Raza. National Organization for Women, now. A National Public Radio. It's also funded by the government. National Security Archive Fund. 
News Corp Watch. Again, News Corp Watch is kind of related to Media Matters. People Improving Communities Through Organizing. This is, uh, this is a group that uses Saul Alinsky-type tactics for community organizing. Planned Parenthood Federation of America. Presidential Climate Action Project. Another one that Van Jones is involved in. Public Justice Center. Shadow Party. That sounds kind of spooky. Um, Southern Poverty Law Center. We've talked about the Southern Poverty Law Center before. They report on hate groups. That's kind of what they're known for. But um, they've in recent years, they've been completely discredited because the, everybody's a hate group in their mind. Think Progress. We've, uh, we've talked about Think Progress before. And the Tides Foundation. So there's 50 of the 200 that were pretty easy to find on the internet. And I, I, for the life of me, I don't know why that guy spends all his money on that, but that's what he does. Again, the point of this is not just to hurt him, but to send a message to the rest of us. Whether you're in Arlington or Kenosha or St. Louis or New York City, you do not have the right to self-defense in the United States. This is national policy. And Joe Biden has effectively articulated it. They make the society far more dangerous than it was three years ago. They make it far more chaotic than it has ever been in its history. And then they tell you there's nothing you can do about it. You can't even defend your own life or the life of your family. That's what they're saying. That's not a reassuring message. No, it's not a reassuring message. And as it persists, the, the uh, Democrats are going to lose more and more of their support for this election. I mean, they're going to lose big time. I mean, this is a, again, this is such a fundamental thing that, um, that is shared. I've talked about this before, but you know, one of the problems with America is they're trying to get us to agree on too many things, shared beliefs, but there are, there are things that we believe in that we have shared beliefs in, in America. And one of those is justice. It's property. It's self-defense. It's liberty. You know, people know injustice when they see it. And they want justice. Uh, and I'm not talking about the social justice kind of justice. I'm talking about where somebody attacks somebody else and somebody gets killed. You know, just like what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse. The reason Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted is because he acted in self-defense and people knew that. Now, thank God for Kyle, Kyle Rittenhouse. There was video evidence of it, or it would have been he would have been crucified at the stake. But these shared values are values that all Americans have, and so this is a, a fool's errand that uh, the Democrats are are pursuing, and it's going to lead to um, just a crash and burn kind of situation in November. It's not actually about guns; it's about power. It's really ominous.